This gospel reading is from the gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter. It begins with the 35th verse. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother, Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas, and Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Here ends the reading. Splognitzomai. I'm sure you all know what that word is. Splognitzomai. It, it happens to be Greek, right? And what it means is to be moved in your inward parts. Well, if you just leave it there, you don't really know well, what, what, does that, what does that mean? Because it's not, right, it's not the kind of movement we're talking about after you've gone to Taco Bell. That's a different kind of moving in your inward parts than what Spagnitzomai is talking about. I, and I just want to say, you asked for my humor, you're getting it now. So just, here we go. Yeah, it's not that kind of thing. It's not indigestion. To be moved in your inward parts. Here's where it shows up in this scripture passage. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. To be moved in your inward parts, spagnitzomai, is to have compassion for other people. Well, what does compassion mean? Compassion means to suffer alongside of. That's how the, the English word gets formed up. To suffer alongside. And we often talk about compassion as not just, you don't just go and suffer alongside someone, but you're alongside of them as a companion, not that you're being drugged down by what's happening to you and, and the harassment or the helplessness that Jesus is talking about here or by the struggle or whatever, but that you are accompanying that person through their journey of pain. You are, you are helping them and walking with them along the way. And in a number of places, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. When he comes, when the rich young ruler comes to him and says, Lord, you know, what would you have me do in order to basically follow the ways of God? Jesus says to him, well, sell all you have and, 
And the, basically the man says, I can't do that. But Jesus has compassion for him in many places. And so as I talked about in the children's message, in, in some ways there's this motivation of God that God has compassion for us. God suffers in a sense, alongside of us in our suffering. I've often talked about that when we begin to follow Jesus, we see with the eyes, we begin to see with the eyes of God and we feel deeply what God feels. And we feel the pain and the hurt of injustice, of oppression, of poverty, of all those things that we know are not right in our world and that God knows and that God says are not right in our world. But we also feel the wonderfulness, the joy and the love of things that are beautiful and great and good. And so Jesus, Spagnitzomai, is moved in his inward parts for those who are harassed and helpless. The words here also I want to talk about they come from the root word skuro and ripto, which not that you care about that, but they're just, the Greek words are just great to look at and to think about and to form your mouth around. But skulo means mangled or to flay, F-L-A-Y. Just think about that. The people, he saw the people because they were mangled or being mangled. Ripto means to basically cast aside, to throw away, like they are throwaway people. And so begin to think about that kind of language and bring that into today's society and today's world. For those of us who are called to follow Jesus, who Jesus had compassion on and called us into a community gathered us like a shepherd does with the sheep, gathered us into this community to be his followers, to be his disciples, to be learners around Jesus, he then calls us to see with his eyes and to see that people around us are being mangled. They're being cast aside. And today is no different than probably any other time in history But today we are seeing it more clearly, I think, than we have in some time. And I know that for many of us, it causes compassion to rise up, but it also causes us to be scared because things are changing, things are moving. We're not really sure necessarily about where to go or what to do or how do we help or do I even want to help? And so, I love this story about that Jesus then calls together these, these 12 disciples, these, these men. And if you know anything about the disciples from the scriptures, like they're just human beings, you know. Oftentimes they're just dumb men. They don't get it. They don't understand. They're jockeying for power in, in Jesus' reign and all that sort of thing. But he calls them together and just, and just know, just think about this gathering of people. Within this gathering of people, you have a tax collector who basically tax collectors were, were unclean according to the Jewish law. They had sold their souls basically to the Roman occupation. Most of the time they were despicable. They also took more than what they were supposed to. So you've got a tax collector in this group. You also have a zealot. And the zealots were those who were seeking to overthrow the government of Rome. They were those who would use violence to try to overthrow the powers that be. And so these two would have been on complete opposite sides of the political and economic spectrum. And yet, they're called into this group of 12 
to follow Jesus and they are followers of his. And then he says to them, as he has compassion on the people, the laborers are few. Call upon the Lord to send out laborers into this mission field, into this world, to bring them good news, to tell them that the kingdom has come near, to give them an image of the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. And these disciples don't know everything. Yes, he's been teaching them, he's been with them, but you know, I mean, think about your own understanding of your own faith and how it grows and how maybe you get confused or you have doubts. Just they're in the mix there somewhere. And yet he sends them out and says, go and to do this work. And he gives them a very specific task for this time and place. And I'm not going to talk about that, but he sends them out. And this is the only place in the Gospel of Matthew, another Greek word, where the word for apostle comes from is used in the Gospel of Matthew. An apostle means the sent out ones. I love that. The sent out ones. And so Jesus, in his compassion for humanity, gathers us together so that we become not sheep without a shepherd, but we become sheep with a shepherd. A shepherd who is willing to lay down his life to find that lost one, to leave the 99 to go find the one. The one who has compassion so much that he is willing not just to suffer alongside, but to give his very life so that we might know what life really is. He comes and he lives into what we might call the perfect humanity. He is fully human and of course we say fully divine as he comes and shares this love and hope and grace and suffers alongside of us. And I'm going to say that we can have compassion for people. We can see the humanity in them and all of that. But until we have allowed that compassion to affect ourselves, until we have opened our hearts and our minds and our lives to receive the compassion of Jesus, to receive it fully and completely so that we are no longer seeking to build our own kingdoms, to protect our own wallets, to protect our own little kingdoms and fiefdoms that we're trying to build here on earth, our political kingdoms, our economic kingdoms, our, our familial kingdoms, our, our national kingdoms, whatever they are, until we can receive that, it's very difficult for us then to move from compassion to action. But yet we don't have to be perfect because we live out of the righteousness and the goodness and the justice of God that Jesus gives us. There's a fancy word for that. Jesus imputes to us his righteousness. He imputes to us his justice. He gives it to us. We don't own it. We just receive it. And then we are able to, through the compassion of God, we have compassion and we are then moved to action because we have received this gift of the gospel, the good news, which means we don't have to prove anything to God or to anybody else. We can simply live in the love and the compassion of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that compassion then forms our character. And that character is a character of action. And so we are called in every time and in every place 
to look out on our fellow human beings and to see where are they harassed and helpless? Where are they being mangled and being tossed aside? Where is God working among that community and how can we be a part of that mission of God? Yesterday, apparently, the mayor of Richmond at the march said to the people gathered there, this is no longer, Richmond is no longer the capital of the Confederacy. We want to be the capital of compassion. And I thought, huh, thanks for playing right into my sermon. Mayor Stoney, may it be so. But it will not happen, I believe, until we Christians fully embrace the compassion of Jesus and then live that compassion out in our action. And you know, as part of WPC, how we have sought to live some of that out by working with the recovery communities very closely and adopting a recovery house here during this COVID-19, by working with Reestablished Richmond who works with legal immigrants here to help them come and make a home here and be welcome in this place because where they were coming from, they were mangled and tossed aside, most of them. And so we, we help Reestablished Richmond and help them create a home here so they can become part of this community we work with AFRAM, our, our sister church here, for those immigrants and for those African Americans that are part of that church primarily who come to us so that they also find a welcome in Christ in this place. We work with Richmond Preparatory Christian Academy, this long-standing African American private school, so that these young minds can be formed and shaped so they can know their history and they can learn and grow and be given the tools and the gifts to exploit all of the gifts that God has given them and to become the people that God has called them to be. We stand alongside our brothers and sisters of every race and every creed and every color to bring them the news that the kingdom of God has come near in Jesus and that kingdom means justice, it means righteousness, it means love and it means hope and it means grace for all of us. And for those of us who feel like we have a lot to lose if other people are raised up, we don't have to think about that anymore. We have nothing to lose because we are held in God. And so today, brothers and sisters, whatever is happening in your life, may you know the compassion of God. If you are feeling harassed and helpless, if you are feeling mangled and tossed aside, know that Jesus and God the Father, the Son and the Spirit have compassion for you and are suffering alongside of you, walking through the struggle with you. And we followers of Jesus are seeking to fulfill the call of being the sent out ones to bring that compassion and the vision of God's kingdom into our community, into our state, and into our nation, and into our world. May this community become a community of compassion. Amen.